welcome, welcome. This is According to Callus. This is episode 232. And we're going to call it Marvel in the State of the World. That's probably an overstatement. And uh, we're going to use it as a teaser title and just see what happens. But let me just uh, tell you, tonight here in about an hour and 45 minutes... I'm going to be at an executive committee meeting and one of the topics we're going to bring up is whether or not we should be censuring our state senator, our U.S. senator, but for the state of Texas. And I think it's a very good and legitimate question. My concern is do we get into a spiral at some point, the circular firing squad? And I I know that that is the whole slippery slope um, fallacy, right? And uh, the what if scenario. But I do wonder if people won't work against us because they're unhappy with the fact that we dared to hold somebody that allegedly works for us responsible for his actions. I wonder. But since it's a pretty serious thing and I've had to give a lot of thought of it, to it in the last couple of weeks is to just how important it is it to essentially slap the hand of a guy that may or may not even choose to run for another term. I wanted to take something a little lighter of note. So as you may be aware, uh, there's been a lot of Marvel movies that came out in the last, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And I am a pretty simple guy when it comes to movies. I want to go to a movie. I want to be entertained. If I get a good story out of it, great. If there's things blowing up, shooting, chases, I'm pretty happy with that. I still, you know, I like an occasional serious movie or thought-provoking movie. But if I'm going to go pay 15 bucks and watch a giant screen, I want to see lots of stuff on this screen that looks fantastic. I know, I know, first world problems, whatever. The point is, is that I don't want to confuse the genre. If I got to watch a documentary, whether it's Michael Moore or Michael Malice, I, I want that's something that I expect to be preached at. I expect to be given information that's going to lead me to conclusions, whether or not they're conclusions I would support. But that's the goal of those movies. When I go to a spectacular show, I expect to be a spectator. I expect a great show. I don't want to be preached at. I don't want to have stuff jammed down my throat. I don't want to have my mind and my eyes assaulted with things that just don't belong there. So one of the phenomena I've noticed is uh, my wife and I, we really enjoy uh, watching ER back in the day. And she stumbled upon a channel where they were playing the reruns. And I've watched some of them with her. And when the first run came out, especially probably the first, I don't know, five or six seasons, when uh, oh, Anthony Edwards was there, Mark Green, right? I really enjoyed those episodes. I really enjoyed the show, partially because it was just really good entertainment, and partially because it was good drama. Yeah, there was the political stuff in it, but, you know, I'm an adult. I can kind of shut that part of my brain off and then just enjoy what's com- coming off. But now having watched them going back, if you will, 
30 years and I see the shows, it's like, wow, they really jammed a lot of messaging in there. Some of it was subliminal. Some of it was, you know, background. Some of it's just in your face, but I never really caught it the first time around. And I don't know if it was that I was so desensitized then, or if it's that I'm overly sensitive now, I, I, I don't have an answer to it. And that brings me to the Marvel movies, you know, Say what you want about Disney, you know, whether they are an evil empire or just a misguided uh, <laughs> children's company. I, I don't know. I kind of know where I come down on it. But the early movies, the early movies, yes, they uh, brought us out Tony Stark. And, you know, you had the Hulk, but that was more of a universal thing. But they created this whole separate world where these things could exist. They do exist. And there were some, you know, what you would call rose-colored glasses when you look in the past and you think about those movies. I can't tell you the last time I sat down and watched the first or second or even third Iron Man movies. I can't, I could barely remember the first Thor. And I have seen that again recently, but it was probably three or four years ago. So I think about all those movies when they first came out, they gave a story. They put out a, a uh, great spectacle for you to take advantage of. Uh, it was enjoyment. There was probably some preaching in there or some messaging, right? But it was secondary to the story. It was it was not in your face. And then we transition in. We're bringing in the other characters and whatever else. And then I'm going to put a pause in here because I, I want to say that I like the actor that plays Thor. I like Thor as far as a character. I think it's fun. Did they do it well? Eh, Maybe early on. Uh, Did they kind of lose their way? Yeah, that's a different story. Then you get to Chris Evans that plays uh, Captain America. Now, I've made no secret that Captain America is my favorite character. And I will say I have limited exposure to the comic book world. When I was a young guy, you know, child. I had two friends, uh, one that lived down the block from me and the one that, uh, lived probably about two miles down the road from me. And they both had comics and they would read comics and I wouldn't say it was their thing, but they certainly were more interested in it than I was. And they had the, they put the money into it that I never would. And I would read the comics when I was over there and they were fun. They were interesting, but I never ever was going to, you know, define my life by a comic book character or something that happened in the comics. (laughs) Of course, fast forward and I often put the quote up, uh, you know, reportedly from Captain America, AKA Steve Rogers. But that was something where it was within the character that he was preaching on an issue, which that character cared about. And it fit when you put incongruent thoughts and incongruent actions to a character or in a story about a character, it just, it jams it in there. It just doesn't feel right. So as we came to the conclusion, if you will, of the um, story of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, we conclude with Endgame, which in some ways wasn't all that it could have been, but it was still fantastic and enjoyable to watch. And since then, I got to tell you, I'm not buying it. I, I, 
I passed on Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Uh, just wasn't my thing. From what I understand, Black Panther was an awesome movie, but again, uh, and after Captain Marvel's shenanigans, I had zero desire in that character or that actress, um, or I should say interest, right? Zero desire in or interest in seeing that play out. But I had hoped, <laughs> I had hoped that I didn't, would be able to enjoy, at the very least, um, the next Doctor Strange movie. And I got to say, that's the first movie that has been on the Marvel Universe that I have gone and been disappointed. Now, I mean, it came on the heels of the Spider-Man movie, and the Spider-Man movie was just a fun, enjoyable movie. I'm sure there was stuff in there, but I got to tell you, I go to great lengths to just not pay attention to the stories and not pay attention to the stuff that they're trying to jam in there and make you think about and whatever else. But I was able to do that in that movie. When I went to Doctor Strange, I just couldn't help but think, man, what a disappointment. Now, in fairness, it was a spectacle. It was, you know, eye candy, if you will. The story was, eh, the, the, the character is basically gutted in favor of a new character. Okay, fine. That's the Marvel way these days. And then along comes the word, whatever the heck it's called. I just, I couldn't even get excited about that. Now I know, I know it's heresy, right? You can't hate the Marvel movies. It's just, I lost interest as much as I like Chris Hemsworth and as a, as uh, that character. And as much as I think that he is the perfect actor for that character, I just couldn't bring myself to go see that movie. And I, and I, and I feel bad about it because really with the exception of Dr. Strange, I haven't seen one that, that I've gone to that was bad. I mean, it's just, it's the thing. So why don't I talk about this? Why have I taken, I don't know, six minutes of your time to talk about these, all these Marvel movies? Well, if we go all the way back to the Winter Soldier movie, which again was Captain America, it talked about the idea that fear breeds people wanting to give up their freedom for security, that this is a bad thing, that we don't want to trust another entity with controlling our lives. That sometimes individuals make a sacrifice for the greater good. They're not sacrificed, but they make a willingly, they willingly sacrifice themselves. This actually plays out in Endgame and, you know, Tony Stark. And it's, I guess, for better or for worse, to some degree, uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers kind of retires. Not sure why. It was kind of an unsatisfactory thing, but... In his character arc, I guess it made sense, right? He's done all these things. He rescued his best friend, Bucky, and all these things come to an end. But the overarching thing is, way back when, there was a clear delineation of what was good and what was bad. There was a known line that you didn't cross. Now, they acknowledge there's gray areas, there's gray actions. They, they acknowledge that not everybody's perfect, but it was a clear right and wrong. You had Captain America was the embodiment of understanding right from wrong. Some would say maybe simplistically. Some would say, you know, not fitting with reality, whatever. This is the character that is kind of the driving force of right for wrong for the entirety of the Avengers. And everybody understands 
and to some extent even defers to his morality of what's right and what's wrong. But then when we go forward, there's a complete utter absence of, in my opinion, understanding right from wrong, understanding the good from evil. Now, I'm sure that's people that actually went and saw those other movies and they would tell you that it's there. What I'm telling you is this is art kind of echoing reality. Um, when you have a whole society that can't tell a man from a woman because of politics, a whole society that doesn't understand that there's a border there that delineates the difference between two different countries for a reason, much like I have a fence between myself and my neighbor, good fences make good neighbors, right? Everything doesn't get to be boiled down to a savvy bumper sticker, you know, tagline, but those truths are there. They exist for a reason. There is a premise to them that is largely true. And when you reject all of that, when you twist everything and things become acceptable because, well, this character wants to do that or, or pushes the story forward, you end up with what we've got now, right? And, and I'm not blaming Marvel. I'm not, I'm not putting this on. I'm just saying it's kind of a mirror of what's going on in my opinion. And like I said, I haven't, other than the, the Spider-Man movie and then, of course, the Madness movie that followed it, or their combined or uh, a quasi-sequel maybe be the better way to put it, it's just everything gets twisted around. They're, they're purposely bending and ruining reality. You don't understand right from wrong. And the whole premise is, we're warned about this, that people will call right wrong and wrong right. They're inverting the morality and the real world, the, the reality that we currently exist in. They're inverting it. They're creating some kind of clown world. Now, I know you've heard this term before, and I know it's got some baggage with it or whatever, but the reality, as I see it, is so goes the fake world, the imaginary world of young people. When they become adults, they echo or mimic that which they saw. Whereas myself, I value individuality. I value individual rights. I value people being able to make their own decision. Sometimes even at the expense of others' comfort and others' morality. You can, this, let me back. There was an adage that uh, Paul Harvey used to say, and for those of you that don't know who that is, you need to go back and look him up. He was a radio titan. And he said that a government, and he I'm fairly certain he was quoting somebody else, in all fairness, but this is the thing I remember him saying. A government that is big enough to give you everything that you want is also big enough to take everything away. And when you couple that with Ben Franklin saying, you know, those that would give up liberty for a little bit of security deserve neither. Or you couple that with those that would not fight for their liberties now enjoy your chains 
and, and, you know, kiss them and may posterity forget that you ever belong to our generation. And again, that was a very bad paraphrase. Point being, when you're taught for 20, 40, 50, 60, 80 years that groupthink is better than individuality, that the greater good is what all of society wants, then you must sacrifice everything about you to make others feel better. That you have to basically cease to matter to yourself. Now, I know, I know. There, there are some of you out there who say, oh, isn't that what Christ teaches? Yes, but no. There's a difference between kneeling or bending to the creator of the universe and kneeling and bending to some guy that gave himself a title or put a piece of gold on his head. Huge difference. And the things that we allow and the things that are tolerated under the guise of that, that's the problem. And, you know, I I feel bad because there's at least two generations that have followed me that live under the idea or the notion that they can always be taken care of, that somebody is going to pay for everything, that they bear no responsibility for their own actions or behaviors. And I don't know how that happened. I don't know why we allowed that to happen. Indeed, I had a conversation with somebody and I said, well, that's Tanstaffel. And they're like, what? Tanstaffel. They had no idea what I was talking about. Now I know that probably some of you have never heard of Tanstaffel either, but it is an acronym that that stands for there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Now that comes from a book that was written by Robert Heinlein. Now, Robert Heinlein is not without his own baggage and some of his books are not suitable for young children. Other ones are young people safe. The moon is the harsh mistress is probably somewhere in the middle, but the story is teaching about lunar independence. It's science fiction, of course. So there's some unique and useful things to be learned from that. And I got to say, I really enjoy the book, but the idea of there ain't no such thing as a free lunch teaches you the concept that there's a cost for everything that somebody has to pay for it. Nothing is free. Yet somehow we've managed to fool a couple of generations of people that things are free, that there's no cost for certain things. I mean, some of those people are economists now and they subscribe to the MMT, right? Uh, the modern monetary theory where we could just create money and never, ever run out again. (laughs) We're inverting the world. When you have a debt, you're expected to pay it. When you get something, you're supposed to trade something for it, whether it's money, whether it's your time, whether it's your work, something of value, right? An equal exchange to both partners. But when you throw that out, it doesn't work. One of the underlying things or themes, I should say, in Star Trek, and I'm going to do myself a disservice because I was never a Trekker or Trekkie, depending on what you stand on that, but I have, I'm familiar with the shows. They said that the world was better when they created their replicators and nobody actually had to work then. Well, somebody had to build the replicator. Somebody had to do, maintain it. Somebody has to do all the other things. 
And even if a part fails and you can replicate a new one, somebody would necessarily have to go take it over to where it needs to be installed. So there wasn't that there was no work. It was just that there's not enough work for all the mouths to feed. Now, those that uh, would seek to rule us, they agree with this premise, right? They agree there's too many people. They agree that there's too many breeders, too many mouths to feed, whatever. How is that any different than eliminating half of the universe to bring balance? Now, I'm not a huge proponent of the idea of predictive programming. I, I know the idea has been around for a long time. I know people make that argument, but one wonders when you look back at some of the movies and some of the shows and some of the things that we've had put upon us for the last 40 years or whatever, and that stuff's coming to fruition now, but we're just not sensitive to it. We, we fail to see for what it is. And I know I once talked about it, um, the premise that, we're far more Brave New World than we are in 1984. One was the carrot, one was the stick. And if you haven't read the article about that, I strongly suggest you take a little time and you go look it up and read it. DuckDuckGo is a good place to find it, I'm sure, or Brave. But be that as it may, there's the underlying theme. That we've got a generation or two of young people that are now not young people that believe things that are not congruent with the truth. They're not congruent with reality. And we see this playing out in the very entertainment that we're partaking in. Well, now that I've taken about 20 minutes of your time, and I've been just a tad rambling, let's say, let me bring this back to you. I believe that everything can be used for teaching, for understanding, in some way, shape, or form. The problem that exists with doing that, though, is you take away the joy, you take away the utter enjoyment uh, of the product or the show if you have to sit there and break it down. And I'm guilty of doing this from time to time. On more than one occasion, I've interrupted a movie or TV show and threw my two cents, or ten cents more likely, involved in it. And nobody wants to do that in my house. They don't want to listen to me. I don't want to listen to anybody else for that matter. But again, when you expose people to the idea that there's no right, there's no wrong, that up is down and down is up. And well, you know, just because I said so is a legitimate answer outside of me being your father, of course. It's the destruction of liberty. It's the destruction of individuality. It's the destruction, honestly, of appropriate government. So I want to wrap this up. I cut it a little short here. I have a couple more things to do tonight. Let me just say, you know, I just enjoy to do these uh, shows. Sometimes it's a challenge. Um, I'm thinking about doing a three-part or three episodes in a row, if you will, on uh, what the hippies got right. I don't know if I'm going to have time for it this week. I might do it next week. But just think about that for a moment. The hippies were right about some things. And I and I, and I say this as a guy that was basically raised to be anti-hippie. And I never really had anything good to say about them until I got older and I started to actually look at some of the things that they sung about or that they thought or that they promoted said, well, maybe they had a point there. 
Maybe there's a valid concern there. Just maybe they're on to something. It could be just another case where they properly diagnosed a problem, but then came up with the wrong treatment. We've seen that before. But tune in with me and let's see where I go with that. To that end, if this has been entertaining, educational, or just informative, please like, share, subscribe, make a comment or two on this. Hey, let the other people know that are in your friend group that I'm out here and I'm doing the work. Now, normally my primary concern is I spend a little time talking about McKinney or Collin County in Texas. Uh, Most Tuesdays are devoted to either Texas or Texit. And then on Thursdays, we try to be a little deeper. And at some point, we might get around to doing a few more interviews. With that, this is According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.